0: So to summarize what we did in this section, we used gauss jordan row reduction. And we used that in this section for two things. The first is in solving systems of linear equations. And the steps involved were to, one, write the augmented matrix. Then two, use the elementary row operations. And then three, to interpret the result. And in all of these, we had the identity matrix after doing our row operations, and then we had a line with our solutions, maybe A, B, C. X equals A, Y equals B, Z equals C. Now, we're not always going to have this result, but in this section, When we're first learning gauss jordan reduction, we did always have this result, the identity, and then our answers were just on the right-hand side of this line. Next section, we'll be working with matrices that aren't necessarily representing three variables with three equations, Uh, matrices whose uh, inverses don't exist, so that those techniques that we used in the previous section with AX equals B, If A inverse didn't exist, we couldn't solve the system. In the next section, we're going to learn how to solve the system using Gauss-Jordan row reduction. Now, the other thing that we used Gauss-Jordan row reduction for in this section was, do you remember? That's right, finding inverses and we started by setting it up as the matrix you want to find the inverse of and then the identity matrix and then we would use elementary row operations and try to get a resulting form of the identity and then whatever's on the right-hand side of the identity is going to be our A inverse. Now, if we weren't able to get the identity on the left-hand side by the end, then we would say A inverse did not exist, and the matrix A was therefore not invertible. Or you could also say matrix A is, that word that starts with S, singular. So these are the steps that we learned in this section using gauss row Row reduction to either solve systems of linear equations or to find inverses of matrices.